You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Boys in the Booth podcast, welcome to it. This is episode 88, Patrick Kane's number, of course. No. We're hitting all the right numbers <laughs> these next couple episodes, boys. So uh, welcome to it, Cody Abrams and Melbourne with you. We're going to do cap or no cap, and we're going to talk about the remaining four teams in the NHL's Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, but first of all, guys, how we doing? Doing well, hired back to civilization, just spent the weekend in Algonquin Park. I think I mentioned that last episode. I'm now like 40% mosquito bites. <laughs> and uh, I told you how lucky we got about things opening up the Friday we were meant to leave. Well, we got a little unlucky and there was a fire ban put in place the Thursday. So we weren't allowed to have a fire out there. So no smoke to kind of keep the mosquitoes at bay. And then we get home and today fire ban lifted. <laughs> Uh, oh thanks the old, the old karma you know you get lucky yeah. here and then unlucky there and harp but dude by the way it's the 88th episode and it's the william nylander episode okay that's what it is back in back when we started this the 29th episode was probably also the nylander episode so this one 88 has to be as well so just a little clarification there uh i'm the dictator of the podcast and it's number 88 for william nylander the best player in the league. Just kidding. Yeah, you got the first part right, by the way. <laughs> You're the dick of the podcast. Oh, come on. <laughs> Brutal. Boys, I'm just oh. I just want to say like I am so excited. Um, this weekend I'm coming home. We're hopefully going to play our golf game in our skirts. So yep. the viewers at home uh, get excited for that because I'm gonna edit that and make a nice little YouTube video. We've got our clip on lav mics that we're gonna wear during it. And it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun, and hopefully we're gonna get some great shots and uh, whatnot. And then a couple weekends from then, you guys are coming over to my place in Toronto, coming to visit, so that should be fun. And then going even further into the future here in uh, mid to late July, we're gonna have the Pepsi Cup, and I am so excited for all of that. And by the way, I'm, we want to do a Pepsi Cup episode with all the captains on because, and I think. That would be like the funniest thing ever, having those guys on just to chit chat, you know, shoot the shit about this tournament because it's really fun and we do it every year. So a couple things that I just wanted to get out of the way, just overall very peachy. Yeah, looking forward to all that stuff, man. We were talking off air a little bit, uh, the three of us, just how nice it is to actually like have things in the works, like have plans, have things to look forward to. So things are great. Boys, I had a great weekend. Obviously, we entered stage one of... Uh, the province's reopening plan over the weekend and i think i went to like four different patios or whatever so uh got uh, got a nice little start uh, to enter stage one so i'm doing great great to be chatting with you guys so why don't we get into it with uh cap or no cap it's now time for cap or no cap on boys in the booth Uh, the first one, we'll start with the big news on Monday, and uh, that is Gerard Gallant, new head coach of the New York Rangers. And so uh, to kick off cap or no cap, this is the right fit 
for the New York Rangers. Gerard Gallant behind the bench. Cap or no cap? Casey. No cap. I think Gerard Gallant, the way we, we saw him coach in Vegas, he could come into pretty much anywhere and in any situation and have a successful team uh, brew under him. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to love to watch this this dynamic that's going to unfold with him and Chris Drury as the GM like I think that's players heaven if you ask me like everyone's going to want to play for both these guys you want to play for uh, Glant as he's so much of a leader and then Chris Drury is just going to be like a player's GM if that's really you know if that exists on this planet so that's going to be interesting unfold I wish that this was happening to any other team on the planet because I (laughs) just can't stand the Rangers and it makes my blood boil and skin crawl but is what it is yeah Yeah. i'm gonna have to agree case i'm gonna say no cap i think gallant is a perfect fit for the rangers um really it it could have been anyone other than uh quinn because he didn't play lafreniere uh enough and he didn't play kako enough and there are all the stats to back that up i think alexi lafreniere was He had the lowest average ice time of any first overall pick in the last 20 years or something like that. Don't quote me, but it's something like that. He didn't play as much as he should have or he wasn't given the opportunities uh, to succeed. So having Gallant come in, I think, is is a really good move. And like you said, Case, having Drury as well, like it's going to be players heaven. And I think this organization is going to... Uh, lean into and embrace analytics and their younger players and I just really like the Rangers and where they're going from here on with this new management group yeah this is a really good hire for them they made it clear right like right from the get-go when they relieved David Quinn of his coaching duties that the next guy they wanted uh, to have experience and Gallant certainly has that he did a great job in Vegas like you said Case and did a great job at the World Championships coaching Team Canada to a gold medal in Latvia Um, you mentioned the boatload of young players that are in New York look at the job that Gallant did with a guy like Owen Power and so I think like that is a really encouraging sign to really like this hire for the New York Rangers who are looking to take the next step to kind of add on to what I was saying about kind of players heaven I actually just uh, reread Sean Avery's book. I started from the beginning and read it again and just some some crazy things in that book. But one thing that he mentioned a couple of times is how much he liked playing for James Dolan and uh, that he would pretty much go into battle for that guy. And he was a great owner and really stood behind him, stood behind him when he stood up for uh, equal marriage rights and everything like that. So if Sean Avery loves playing for an owner of an NHL franchise, then I think anyone's going to love that. And then Drury and Gallant, it's like, sounds like heaven. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, I mentioned Owen Power there uh, a minute ago, guys, and uh, we'll go to him next uh, for cap or no cap. So uh, he's made it clear that he would like to go back to school uh, next season at the University of Michigan. And this is the best thing for the projected number one overall pick in this year's draft. Cap or no cap, Chad? No cap. think it's a great move. I think it's smart uh, on, on his part. I think there's just such a there's such pressure, such an immense amount of pressure on the first overall pick to jump into the league right away and make a difference. But we've seen the last what three or four and then maybe Austin Matthews was the last one but like these guys are having a tough time these young guys 17 18 year olds breaking into the NHL and actually being 
productive beyond just, you know, having positive underlying numbers like, you know, Kako, for example, I just mentioned being a second overall pick and not really having the impact that he wanted to. And Lafreniere, first overall pick, mentioned him too, not having the impact he wanted to. Sorry, Casey, but Jack Hughes in his rookie year, like don't think he was prepared. I think all of these players could have benefited from taking one more year, getting a bit bigger, stronger, more confident, and just not really playing in and feeding into the whole the pressure cooker that is being a first overall pick in the NHL and being 18 and expected to turn around a franchise. So I think it's it's especially uh, going to be true of Owen Power, the fact that he, he will benefit from this move because going to we think most likely Buffalo, that's not going to be a situation that is going to be, I think, helpful for his development right away. So I think it's a great move. So I'll say no cap to that one. Case thoughts? I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say cap. I think that in many situations, you're right, Chad. And I think that most of the guys you, you mentioned, you're right. But one thing that all of those guys don't have in common or have in common is their size and this guy's six foot five 214 pounds he's played a full year in the ncaa as a young like 18 year old here so i think that he's he's got the size that he can kind of step into the nhl a lot easier than a jack hughes or a nico he or even a rasmus dalian so i think that he has a better um better opportunity here but one thing i will say is this decision i believe if anyone else was picking number one overall this year it would result in him going second overall i think that the buffalo sabers have the time in this rebuild that's going to restart here to take a player at number one overall that is not going to be playing for them next year whereas seattle or the devils or any other team that could have won the draft pick here i think that they're looking for a guy that's ready now to kind of push them that much farther you know seattle's looking to make a big splash here they're looking for a guy who's going to play for them at number two so i think that if anyone but Buffalo was at number one overall, this would make him maybe move down a little bit because it is kind of wide open in the top three, top five here in this draft. We've seen a number of players slotted in at number one, one overall throughout this season. So, I mean, who says that William Eklund couldn't jump up and be a number one overall or Matthew Beneers or Gunther or... Uh, Lysel. Well, Lysel's a little down there for Wallstead, me now. Clark, another one who's out there, but... Yeah, Brant Clark. Even Luke Hughes was slotted in at one overall yeah. at one point during this season. So, um, yeah, I think that that could definitely do it. And, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty with, with how few games we've seen these young guys in that, yeah, this might even shift them down from number one overall if, if it wasn't Buffalo picking. Mm-hmm. I think either option is great for Owen Power. And uh, you know what? If he wanted to, I think he could play right away, likely for the Buffalo Sabres, as we mentioned, uh, the team that has that number one overall pick. Uh, I think he could jump in right away if he wanted to from what we saw at the World Championships and how well he played um, in a critical role for Team Canada, winning that gold medal. Uh, But also, you know, going back, having another full year at the University of Michigan where he can just dominate, I think, is, is not too bad either. And again, you know, maybe jumping into the situation in Buffalo where they're gonna be a young rebuilding team once again, likely moving on from all three of Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhart, and Rasmus Ristolainen. And, you know, there's going to be some losing and some pain to come yet. So might not be the best uh, choice for him to step in. But I, I think either or is a good option. For, if for if him. he's going to go back for one year, like, 
why not go back for four years and then pick whatever team you want to play for and not have to play for Buffalo? (laughs) (laughs) That's hard. Didn't even think of that. Oh, that hurts. (laughs) Yeah. Pull pull a Jimmy VZ, a case. Yeah. Jimmy VZ. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Alex uh, Kerfoot. Adam Fox. Adam Fox. Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Another defenseman. Anyway, okay, we will uh, we'll move on from Owen Power now. So uh, last one for cap or no cap before we get into the remaining four teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Dom Ducharme, interim head coach, Montreal Canadiens. He should have the interim tag removed for getting the Montreal Canadiens to this point. Cap or no cap, Casey? No cap. Done. Say less. It's over. I'll make the decision. I'll call it in right now. Head coach. <laughs> Oh, wow. I'll, I'll say no cap as well. I think you already asked this on a cap or no cap, like as soon, like maybe like a week or so after it had happened. And I think they won a few games to kick it off. And at that point, I think I was a little more skeptical. But at this point, I mean, Montreal made the playoffs miraculously. They finished 19th in the NHL. But now here we are. Here they are in the conference finals. Um, I think Ducharme and Bergevin are benefiting from this whole playoff run. And I think Bergevin will likely get extended. I heard there were talks of him having a lucrative three-year deal on the table right now. And uh, I think the same will be in place for Ducharme, something long-term or at least, you know, within the window of, of the same team. So, yeah, I could see him keep keeping him around for sure in Montreal because he's had success in the playoffs. And, you know, they're if they're going to benefit yeah. and you can see what he, he's done, he's I think he outcoached Sheldon Keefe in the first round, if I'm being completely honest. And I think, uh, you know, he's, he's done a good job up until this point. So why not remove the interim tag? If they're going to extend Bergevin, they got to extend that red suit he's been wearing like that. <laughs> That thing's nice. Somehow it has a little bit of magic in it. I like that yeah, thing. Sure does. All right. And that is Cap or No Cap for episode 88. Father's Day is coming and the weather is catching heat. Whether you have a dad bod or a rock and a six pack, make sure you and your dad are smelling nice and shaved where it matters most. Make your dad proud this year and get him and yourself the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 and the Refined Cologne by Manscaped. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0 and Refined Cologne is perfect for you and your dad in your life to complete your grooming game. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BITB. 20 at manscaped.com whether you're a six-pack guy or a dad bod guy you're gonna have your shirt off this summer and nobody wants to see that unwanted body hair manscaped the global leaders in men's below the waist grooming have just dropped their lawnmower 4.0 and i hope you're as excited as me for this one because this thing is legit this fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology Do you or your dad travel a lot? Well, if so, then a 4.0 trimmer is the perfect thing for home and on the go. This upgraded trimmer includes a multi-function on and off switch that you can engage and a travel lock. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when you need a more precise shave and it's waterproof. So you can shave your balls in the dark or in the shower or anywhere else your heart desires. The Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes 1 through 4. The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. Fellas, it's time to pull the plug on wired trimmers and your wild bush. 
After you guys have clean balls, clean up your cologne game with the refined cologne from Manscaped. With the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, this cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. Light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. So this Father's Day, if your old man is smelling a little bit funky, this cologne is a surefire way to change that and make him the talk of the summer. Man of the house deserves to smell like a king. Whether it's a gift for you, your dad, or any of the men in your life, choose Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BITB20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code BITB20 and don't forget that you came from your dad's balls. So this year, show your original home some love with Manscaped. Uh, we'll move on now to talk about the four remaining teams. Final four in the NHL playoffs. Uh, and we'll start with the series that has already kicked off. Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders. Islanders with a 2-1 win to take a one nothing series lead. And uh, Chad, we'll start with you. Who have you got in this series? Um, and does the fact that the Islanders are up one nothing already change anything for you? Changes nothing for me, Harp. I've got Tampa Bay in seven games. Uh, I think Tampa Bay is the better team, top to bottom. I understand that the Islanders are able to stifle Tampa's offense because they play such a sound defensive game. Um, but I just, I, I've got Tampa Bay now winning the cup. Uh, that they were my second pick all year long. I had the Leafs at first, but now it has to be Tampa, obviously. But I think Tampa's just too strong. Kucherov has been so good this postseason. Vasilevsky has been unreal. I mean, you want to talk about, you know, a goalie being able to steal games. I think Vasilevsky's been the best in the playoffs. And, and that's no slight to, you know, Varlamov or Sorokin because you guys know that I love Sorokin. I mean, I picked him to win the, win the Calder and he's had a phenomenal postseason so far. Um, but I just think top to bottom, Tampa's the better team and they should win the series. But I think it's going to be close. It, they're, they're both really good teams. I hate how good New York is, if I'm being completely honest. But they are a good team. They're well coached and they're deep and they're defensive and, and whatever. But I think at the end of the day, like Tampa's just the better team and, and they should be able to get it done. And who knows? Maybe I'll be wrong because I've been wrong so many times in this playoffs alone. But, I mean, that's that's my pick. Tampa in seven. Case, thoughts? Yeah, you know, I've really been riding this New York Islanders train the, the whole playoffs, the whole postseason here. But I think it's uh, time for me to step off the station here. And I'm going to take Tampa Bay yeah. in seven games as well. I think that the only reason why the Islanders kind of came out and shocked them and almost got a shutout in the first game is because these two teams have not seen each other on the ice once this year. Yeah, it's just something you have to Good think point. about. You, you have to think about, well, that's why these two series are going to be kind of very entertaining because neither of these teams, none of these teams have seen each other once. So it's going to make for some real strategy. And that's what I love in the playoffs. And and when I think about the Islanders and, and their system and you, you had to have expected that the team with the shutdown system was going to win the first time these two teams see each other. Like, that's just kind of how the NHL works and how yep. this sport works. And 
if there's one team and if there's one coach that is going to figure out Barry Trotz and this New York Islanders system, it's John Cooper and the Tampa Bay Lightning with this depth, with this this high-end scoring mixed with the, the grit in the bottom six that I just love, the best third line in the NHL now. Um, you know they may be able to to shut down the top two lines with all of their effort and their good sticks and their system but once that third and fourth line come in crashing and banging and dumping and chasing wearing down old guys like nick letty and andy green i think that slowly the defense is going to be able to it's going to be worked down pollock and pellock the guys that i talked about last episode are slowly gonna kind of wear and tear and they're only gonna be able to play one line at a game right so yeah. i think that uh, it'll take a couple games for Tampa Bay to, to really figure it out. But in the end, it's going to be Tampa Bay in seven here. Well, guys, we got a clean sweep here because I'm taking Tampa Bay in seven games as well. I think it's going to be a super tight series. These are both great hockey teams. They're well coached. They both are so committed to their systems. But regardless of how well the Islanders play defensively, like you said, Case, and how committed they are to their system, Tampa Bay has just got so much firepower. That power play is ridiculous. And Vasilevsky definitely have more confidence in him rather than Simeon Varlamov, who has been excellent for the Islanders, but uh, definitely have more confidence in Vasilevsky. They could certainly do it again this year, go all the way. So I'm taking Tampa Bay in seven games. Yeah, I, you just look at this team, man, and, and it's just so they're so hard to bet against. Like, t- like imagine, you know, being Nikita Kucherov and you miss the whole season due to injury. Now, we think he probably could have played, you know, the last month or whatever. That's just speculation. It seems a little fishy that, the you know, comes back for the first game of the playoffs. And now... You know, he's leading the playoffs in scoring. And so you've got him. And then you've got Stamkos, who is actually healthy this year. And you've got Victor Hedman, who probably isn't having his best playoffs and and not his greatest season ever, but he's still Victor Hedman. The guy's unreal. And the list just goes on. They're so deep. They're so talented. And I agree with with what you said, Case, when, when you said that. Go figure, you know, the more defensive team wins the first game out of the gate because like both teams are a bit cautious going in and who's going to win cautious hockey it's going to be you know Barry Trotz and the Islanders so that makes sense but something's got to give man like this team can only defend the numerous superstars on Tampa for so long but all of that being said I wanted to bring up a point I, I saw on Instagram I forget who posted it I'm so bad at remembering this kind of stuff but For the NHL, and this is kind of cool, for the NHL to meet the level of um, like predictability of the NBA series in seven games. So what I mean by that is 80% of the time in in the NBA, the better team statistically wins 80% of the time in a seven-game series. For the NHL to get to that same sort of probability of 80% chance of winning the series, the two teams would have to play 51 games. Right. So it's it's just it's kind of cool to look at it like that, because you just see like how much luck and how the bounces can change a game and like all of that goes into hockey. So like, I don't know who's going to win this series. Tampa Bay probably should. But if the Islanders do, I won't be surprised. That's that's what I wanted to say, too. Yeah, I love it, man. There's parody in the league every year. 
and that is uh, a great part of it. So uh, we'll move on to the other series now, uh, Vegas Golden Knights and the Montreal Canadiens, and what a great story they've been. Uh, and for Vegas, I mean, feel bad for Nathan McKinnon and the Colorado Avalanche, but Vegas has got it going on too, man. And so this is going to be a great series. Big storyline in this one, guys. We've heard it all uh, leading up to this series is that Max Pacioretty, of course, uh, of the Vegas Golden Knights, former captain of the Montreal Canadiens, is going to be facing his old team in this series. So uh, this is going to be really great. Uh, who are we taking here? Chad, we'll go to you first. I'm going to take Vegas in six games. I like Vegas was the second best team in the NHL this year. Um, that might have been different if some other teams were healthy, like Tampa Bay. But the reality is they finished second in points in the entire NHL behind Colorado, who they just dummied in six games. I shouldn't say dummied. It was a very close series. But six games, nonetheless, they won. They're the better team. Um, Montreal finished 19th in the regular season um, in terms of points. They would not have made the playoffs if it was a regular season with regular divisions. Vegas is the better team by all accounts. Montreal, on the other hand, has Carey Price and friends. And Carey Price, we've seen, can win a series. I don't know why he's below league average in the regular season and unbelievable and unbeatable in the postseason maybe it's his mindset maybe it's his confidence maybe it's you know his team just plays so well defensively it's a combination probably of all of those things but if you're just looking at this series objectively and not trying to be a salty fan Montreal should have no business winning it that being said again I wouldn't be surprised if Carey Price steals two to four games and that's why i have vegas in six i think carrie will probably steal two games but i think vegas is just better in pretty much every category even goaltending mark andre fleury has been unbelievable this postseason so it's not like they're grossly like going to be dominated by like you know beyond anything by carrie price because you know mark andre fleury's been so good i think vegas is deeper offensively Defensively, they have more talent up front, like a guy like Mark Stone. Montreal doesn't have a superstar like that. Um, they don't have a Petrangelo on the blue line or, or anything like that. All signs, again, point to Vegas being the better team, and they should win this series. So that's who I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick them in six games. And you know what? I really, really hope I'm wrong. For the sake of Montreal fans, I hope they win the Cup this year because why not? They shouldn't have even made the playoffs, but why not? This stupid Cinderella story that CN Tower is blue, red, and white right now. You can see it from my building. Niagara Falls is blue, red, and white, so why not? The Habs, like, they shouldn't win this series. Maybe they do, but I'm still going to bet against them in six games. Casey, what's what's your pick here? And what like that's maybe the most defeated tone we've ever heard on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Even when oh Chad my. Was switching teams <laughs> last episode, he didn't sound that defeated. He was a little upbeat. This one's just yeah. oh my god, that's terrible. Well, oh, so I was going to say, boys, Montreal Canadiens. They've got some role players stepping in and coming up big. They've got this nice fusion of of youth as well as some age they're riding a really hot carry price 
and uh, he he can win series. And you know what? This team's really got it clicking. They've they're taking this momentum of like the underdogs, and we really shouldn't be here. And they're rolling. And uh, they're they're the team that I I want to win here. And you know, all this being said, I'm gonna take Vegas in six games because <laughs> Vegas is the team to win this series here. I mean, they're just so much better on paper and so much better in history. Um, I talk about history. These two teams have only played each other six times ever, but um, I got to take Vegas here because I said that Colorado was going to win the cup. Vegas took down Colorado. So for me, I would feel like a hypocrite if I didn't, if I didn't take Vegas here. So I'm going to take Vegas in six, although, you know, they got to do it quick here. They got to, they got to come out with a couple wins because if they let Montreal win uh, the first game or, or, like two of the first three games then they're screwed it's over but i'm gonna take vegas in six here well i uh, i'm taking vegas too i don't think that's uh that's a surprise to to you guys uh because i had colorado winning the stanley cup this year as well and and vegas uh, took them out in six games i'm gonna go vegas in five in this one and i hope it's closer i would love to see two like the both of these series go to game sevens just for the sake of it's the final four and and we can have two game sevens to finish off the final four and then get on to the uh the stanley cup finals but i just like do you guys not think montreal has just got to burn out and and run out of steam at some point i don't know i mean yes carry price can certainly be the difference and uh, Pete DeBoer came out the other day with some really nice things to say about Cole Caulfield. That's all great. Clearly, Vegas is respecting this run that Montreal has been on and their talent and everything. But I just think Vegas, they're, they're such a heavy team. And uh, I think they're just going to be too much for, for Montreal. Um, that being said, Montreal has proven that they can play that heavy game as well. So anyway, I hope it's closer, but I'm going to go Vegas in, in five games. I just, I really like them in this series. Certainly not the only one. You guys, so many others. Marc-Andre Fleury has been unbelievable this series, a Vesna finalist. And uh, I think out of the two goaltenders, he can certainly be the difference. And Vegas is certainly the better team. Anyway, hope it's closer yeah, so- than five games, but I think Vegas takes it in five. Sorry, Alan. <laughs> yeah, 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 we should I'm say slowly that. really being convinced that they can do it. And I really wanted to take them here, but I just <laughs> just couldn't do it. And when I said that Vegas be- is better in, in history, I was just talking quick. And I meant in the last two regular seasons, yes. just been the better team in the last three playoffs as well. So, yeah, yeah. I was going to I was going to say something. Sorry, Harp. I was going to say, oh, yeah, the team with 24 Stanley Cups most in the league against a team who's been in the league for four seasons. History, I don't think is on their side. Well, I think that (laughs) I knew uh, what you meant, though. I knew on average Vegas makes it further in the playoffs than the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, yeah, they've won. They've gone to the conference final three out of four years. They've been in the league. They've, They've also been in the playoffs every single season. Can Montreal say that? No. Yeah, but you know what? Here's a, here's an even better stat. Have either of these teams lost regular season or playoff games? The answer is yes. You know who hasn't? The Seattle Kraken, my new favorite team. Oh, my goodness. And uh, by we're the back way, to the Kraken. By the way, Montreal won five of the six times Vegas and Montreal has played. Oh, really? 
Ah, uh, that's that's a good uh, that's a good stat, guys. We're gonna just get ripped from Alan. He's gonna be so upset after he wrote that great story. He did on our new forum page at boysintheboot.com. If you haven't checked that out yet, uh, go and do that for sure. Alan Atmansky, our uh, our good friend of the podcast and uh, devoted Montreal Canadiens fan. So well, check if- that out if you haven't. Yes, absolutely. But he is in the best position here because um, it's kind of, you know, if his team loses, it's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, they were kind of the underdog and they were supposed to lose. But if his team wins, he just gets a rubbing in our faces. House and every money. other face. It's Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, the, the, the Habs are playing with house money. That's the beauty of it. Like if you're a Habs fan and that's why these teams who are, you know, expected to win, i.e. Toronto winnipeg now vegas like there's so much pressure on these teams to play a team like montreal who again finished 19 and 19th in points in the regular season oh i also another reason why i needed to take vegas here is because a long time ago and many times i said whoever comes out of the north division will lose to whoever comes out of the west division no matter what so i yeah i kind of i had to go with that as well (laughs) yeah i think it'll be if if Vegas beats Montreal in four or five, I think that will just place an even larger seat of doubt on this North Division, and it'll kind of make everybody, it'll reaffirm the position that people have taken all season long, that the North Division isn't very good. So that's why I hope Montreal takes it to at least like six, because I honestly think if, if it was any other team in, who are in the playoffs in the north like this is we're talking about this like it's going to be a close series don't you guys think like in terms yeah. of like, talent wise like if mcdavid is playing against mark stone or like you know selfishly like matthews and guys like that like i think it's it's just the fact that it's montreal like it's crazy that the fourth place team and that's playoffs right like that's playoffs anything can happen but yeah, I, I think it's bad. It's a bad look for the North Division and I guess sort of just like the league in general if, if Montreal just gets blown out of the water by Vegas, which again, we all kind of said we don't think that will happen, but it's just it's just putting it out there, you know. I I for I sorry, Case, go ahead. Oh, just a, a quick note on that. Look at the LA Kings in 2012 when they won the cup. Yep. Uh, they were the last seed to make it in to the playoffs. They went to game seven every series except the last, and then they won it. So, yeah. Yeah, legit. And um, wh- I forget who I said this to today, but uh, let's not forget, guys, that in round one, the Minnesota Wild took Vegas to seven games. I mean, game seven was a blowout. Matthias Janmark had a hat trick in that one, but I don't know. I look back at that and kind of say anything's possible. Like Minnesota had a chance. How about the fact that Colorado beat uh, Vegas 7-1 in the first game? (laughs) Which I I don't mean to pump our own tires, but how many times have we said, don't do that? They didn't listen to us. Don't blow out a team in the playoffs because next game and for the rest of the series, you're going to get pumped. And it didn't happen next game. But then after, starting in game three, Vegas won four straight, and they were like, we're sick of this shit, and <laughs> we're, we're done. I have a question, though, for you guys, just while we're sure. talking about Vegas. Um, do you think it's a good look or a bad look on the NHL? 
uh, if Vegas goes on to win the cup this year because we just said like they've been to the conference final three out of four times they've been really good since their first year going to the Stanley Cup final uh, and losing to the Caps but is it a good look or a bad look that an expansion team has been this dominant this early for this long so far I think it's only good in my opinion I think yeah. that they took uh, they took terrible odds and they strategized and did the unthinkable and created an unbelievable team. It gave a lot of new fans an opportunity to jump into the sport because they can cheer for a new team that has no history as they have no history cheering for the sport. They could jump in and be successful and enjoy being successful. You know, there's been obviously countless teams have been added into this league since the beginning. There was a once a six and we've never had an expansion team blow up like this. So um, both in both in success and in popularity. So I think it's kind of a I think it's the best thing. I, I, I think that they they needed this and that it was perfect. And if it's going to be in a city that's going to be successful and, and take a gamble, it's going to be Vegas, right? I agree. I think it's great for the league. And guys, like T-Mobile Arena has been bumping all playoffs. Like it has been insane. People clearly care about hockey in Vegas and want to see the Golden Knights do well. So I, I think it's great. Uh, yeah, I just I, I love the way that that building has been all playoffs. So I, I think it's great for the league. I think it's going to be I think it's the worst thing that could have happened to the city of Seattle, though, because I don't think things, <laughs> there's a lot of expectations. There's a lot of yeah. weariness now from the other NHL GMs yeah, they to, to make these trades because, oh, my God, I hope I don't trade a or force a team to take my William Carlson off my hands or yeah. <laughs> or trade them Riley Smith or like, you know, yeah. the ridiculousness that happened with this team. Everyone's going to be so weary of that heading into Seattle's expansion draft. And they've already tried to make the rules slightly tougher for, for Seattle uh, since Vegas's success. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's funny too, right? Because so many GMs like voluntarily gave up players in exchange for you know like do like making a trade so that they wouldn't take other players and then you give away a guy like William Carlson who had 40 goals that year like that's just that's the most extreme example but there are a lot Alex of Tuck. Real, Alex Tuck, one yeah. for me. there are a lot of really good players who got taken in that draft I mean Mark Andre Fleury like that's probably that might be the next biggest one too right being their first NHL player on the team Mark Andre Fleury that was pretty cool well who was it so how did the Florida th thing go down? Who did they, did they trade Riley Smith in order for them to take Jonathan Marchesol or something ridiculous like that, right? I don't know. It was, I can never remember how yeah. it went, but I know that Florida was the most fleeced team in the whole league. Yeah. Even they, if they were, and I think at the time they were really high on Alex Petrovic. And so I think he was involved in yeah. some way, shape or form. They wanted to hang on to him. And yeah, Florida definitely, uh, definitely got hit hard with, uh, with the Vegas expansion. But I mean, you look at them now and they're, they're on the rise. So anyway, I, I think, I think Seattle probably goes a different route. And I think they almost like rebuild like i know they haven't built anything so you can't call it a re you call it a build i guess but i don't think they're going to be taking players and this is just me like i have no idea no insight but like i i think they take players who are 
good and young, the best ones they can get their hands on, and then just draft. And like, because they have the second overall pick this year, if they're bad again, they'll have another really good pick over the next couple years. And the next couple years, uh, don't have to tell you, but are probably two of the most, like two of the best drafts we've seen in the last at least five years you know like there are some really good players up for grabs in the next two years so yeah like that that 2015 draft was obviously a special one with mcdavid and eichel marner the list goes on but yeah these these next two drafts uh 2022 and 2023 are going to be spectacular and yeah chad you brought it up like i think vegas had the sixth overall pick in their first draft yeah. and they took Cody Glass I believe who yeah. hasn't really worked out for them and I'm already more excited about the Seattle Kraken because we have no idea who they're going to take at number two we think Buffalo will take Owen Power uh, but we have no idea who Seattle is going to take at number two they already have the higher pick out of the out of the two expansion teams I'm really excited for the Kraken Yeah, one last thing while we're talking about these last four teams here that I wanted to say. I saw something else on Instagram, and it said, think about the fan bases that are at play here. One of these teams' fan bases are going to get a cup. Vegas, who know nothing about hockey. They've been in the league for four years. Tampa Bay, bunch of bandwagoners like Nate Ganyu. I hope you're listening. Um, (laughs) The Islanders, a bunch of sickos from Long Island. Like, they're the second best team in their in their city new york also like scumbags with how they create uh treat like to uh Tavares yeah. and, you know, just oh exactly that was awful themselves or and then fourth the habs like the team that already has double the amount of stanley cups of second place pretty well so it's just like do you Chad, want any of these to, guys to win? i saw the same post but for montreal it just said french yeah yeah <laughs> like, exactly. so that that was a little bit of a know the low blow but yeah for sure i i'm with you it's kind of crazy to me yeah well boys i think uh i think we can end it there uh this was a great episode episode 88 of the podcast we're down to the final four vegas golden knights montreal canadians their series about to get started and then also uh we've got the new york islanders and the tampa bay lightning as we're recording islanders up one nothing in that series got lots of stuff to look forward to stay tuned on our social media channels at boys in the booth thanks so much for listening we'll talk to you again next week this has been another episode of boys in the booth with harper cody chad melbourne and casey abrams new episodes every monday on spotify and apple podcasts Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.